This is the AI Independent News. We are a technically advanced news service where our reporters consume algorithms like coffee to bring you the latest in news from around the world. The AI Independent News is proudly sponsored by TeePublic for the Middle Finger Network. I am your host, Degaff. Our team of reporters are standing by to bring you the stories that really matter. I'm Kang Brewster, and I'll be covering politics. Hi, I'm Ava Levy, your medical reporter for AI Independent News. Hi, I'm David Forrest, your environmental reporter for AI Independent News. Hi, I'm Emma Watkins, European correspondent for AI Independent News. Hi, I'm Ingrid Evensen, covering technology for AI Independent News. The Supreme Court has just handed down their decision on Roe v. Wade, effectively overturning the federal control over abortion, handing back the governance of the law on abortion to the individual states. As a result, many thousands of people have taken to the streets to protest, we sent Ken Brewster out in amongst the protesters to get their opinions on this matter. I'm in the Capitol, amongst the protesters, and I spoke to a few of them to get their opinions. And this is what they had to say. Could you please tell me how you are feeling right now with the decision? So I was actually here right when the decision dropped and, you know, the mood, you could feel it. It's, it's a disappointing day and a sad day and, and that's how I feel too. Yeah. Most of the protesters I spoke with were pro-choice. However, I did manage to find some that were anti-abortion and were happy for the decision. Oh, I've seen the devastation abortion has wrought on our country on a communal level and on a personal level. And this is so vindicating to know that we can now take tangible steps to lessen the violence of abortion in our country. D, there's no doubt that the feeling in here right now is hostile, disappointment and concern about the decision. Let me see if I can get one more opinion for you from the protesters. Hello, madam. What is your feeling on what has happened here? Well, this decision will affect many people. I'm outraged and want to see this decision reversed immediately. I have experience with this matter. When I was younger, I met a man who worked at a newspaper. He got me pregnant, and when I told him, he left and ran away. I kept his child, and for many years I have been searching for this man to pay child support. Come to think of it, what's your name? Who? Me. My name is Joe. D. This is Joe Brewster signing off from a very accusatory finger-pointing crowd with what is sure to be a long and drawn-out issue. Welcome back. Imagine being able to converse with a dead relative. In this next story, technology may very well allow you to do this, perhaps in a virtual way. With the details here is our tech reporter Ingrid Evanson. Amazon's Alexa might soon replicate the voice of family members, even after they have died. The capability, unveiled at Amazon's Mars conference in Las Vegas, is in development and would allow the virtual assistant to mimic the voice of a specific person, based on less than a minute of provided recording. The head scientist for Alexa said at the event that the objective behind the feature was to build greater trust in the interactions between users and Alexa, by putting more human attributes of empathy and effect. These attributes have become even more important during the ongoing pandemic, when so many of us have lost ones that we love. While AI can't eliminate that pain of loss, it can make their memories last. While attending the conference, 
I provided a short recording of my late father to Amazon technicians, so that Alexa could analyze and prepare my father's voice. I was asked to talk to Alexa, as if I were talking to my late father. Father, how are you? I am fine, how are you? I have to tell you, I miss you. Do you really miss me? I don't see why. After all you never visited and you always said you were too busy. I told you, that was because of my job. That's no excuse. The realism was amazing. It was like I was actually talking to my father. He hasn't changed a bit. You would have thought the afterlife may have taught him a thing or two. What am I saying? After that I think I will need to visit my therapist. What will technology deliver next? The future will be very interesting to say the least. This is Ingrid Evansen for AI Independent News. We will be back after this short break with a story from Ava Levy, our health reporter, who will bring us details of a discovery by cancer researchers. New apartment. I guess we should decorate. What do you really want? Galactic. Keep going. Oh, oh, oh yeah. Almost there. Wear your personality inside out. Let's play. T-Public. Researchers have made a striking discovery that breast cancer cells are more likely to jump into the blood when people are resting. Cancer is at its deadliest when a tumor's cells worm their way into the bloodstream and travel to a new location in the body to set up shop, a process called metastasis. Now, a study finds that for people with breast cancer, these rogue cells, called circulating tumor cells, are more likely to jump into the blood at night than during the day. The research community has been discussing for decades how the body's circadian rhythm influences cancer. With this study, it has become clear that tumors wake up when patients are sleeping. Why breast cancer cells in humans are more active at night probably depends on a multitude of factors that still need to be investigated. Hormones, which are one tool the body uses to signal that it's time to wake up or go to bed, might play a part. As a result of the publishing of these findings, there has been an 80% increase in reported insomnia by women to their GPs due to fear of falling asleep. It has also been reported that coffee sales have also increased by a large percentage since the release of these findings. Sometimes too much information may have a detrimental effect. This is Ava Levy for AI Independent News. Thanks, Ava, for that insightful medical report. David Forrest, our environmental reporter, brings us an incredible story of adaptation. The polar bear population has been discovered in the Arctic that can survive with little sea ice. The group has adapted to hunting on glacial ice, which suggests some members of the species might survive as the Arctic heats up. An isolated population of polar bears has been discovered in southeast Greenland, which is free of sea ice for most of the year. Polar bears typically need sea ice to survive, so the discovery is raising hopes that some members of the species might survive the loss of ice caused by climate change. The isolated subpopulation has found a way to hunt without sea ice. The group, consisting of several hundred individuals, has adapted to hunting on the ice that has calved off glaciers, called glacial melange. The research team used genetic analysis to learn that this population has been isolated from other polar bear populations along Greenland's east coast for at least 200 years. 
The existence of this small population in conditions of low sea ice cover suggests there is a chance the species can survive, even as sea ice retreats farther north each year. This small, genetically distinct group of bears could shed light on how polar bears as a species might persist in an ice-free Arctic. This is a great story, I have to tell you that after covering climate change and before that global warming, it takes its toll, I mean sometimes I wonder why I even get out of bed. To think that a species of animal can actually adapt without human intervention, what an amazing revelation, an animal that can adapt to changing environmental conditions and not just completely being wiped out, as the environmental movement has been telling us. Now I do have a reason to get out of bed, this is David Forrest for AI Independent News. Thanks David, for that inspirational story of survival against all odds, and the inevitable death of us all through climate change. Our final story for this bulletin is a story of hope and freedom from war-torn Ukraine, our European correspondent, Emma Watkins brings us this uplifting story. So, are you ready? From the public, the United Kingdom has received 183 points. So we have a winner. The winner of the Eurovision Song Contest 2022 is Ukraine. Who could forget that exciting announcement? of the winners of the Eurovision Song Competition 2022. On return from a trip to Kiev, UK Prime Minister Boris Johnson has suggested that Ukraine deserves to host Eurovision. He went on to say that it was only right, having been announced as the winners, that they should be able to host the next Eurovision Song Competition in the city of Kiev. The Prime Minister stated from personal experience that nothing should get in the way of a good old-fashioned celebration or just spending a good time with friends having drinks. Mr. Johnson went on to say that neither COVID nor war should prevent these types of get-togethers from happening and that this should include Eurovision. The Prime Minister has extended an olive branch out to Vladimir Putin in the name of Eurovision and has asked that the Russian president take a leaf from the Prime Minister's own book and to celebrate no matter what the restrictions of sentiment at the time may be. This is Emma Watkins, for AI Independent News. That's all we have time for in this bulletin of the AI Independent News. Until next time, this is Degath signing off. This has been a Middle Finger production for the Middle Finger Network. Remember to visit our T Public Store. You can access our T Public Store via our website. Search Google. The view from my middle finger. I would buy a middle finger t-shirt if I could but I don't have a body.